Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm Shanna. I'm Mendon Hall, and I'm uh, one of the seminar chairs going to be doing the announcements this morning. Um, so just a quick reminder for anybody who's involved in QMS, there's an all-person, um, there's an in-person all-hands next Wednesday at 10 a.m. in Rambo Auditorium in the Menlo Park office. Um, additionally, um, if you have a user lose, please make sure you schedule that by November 18th. And um, finally, as all upstanding members of the Earthquake Science Center, um, I hope you guys all remembered to fill out the Did You Feel It um, pertaining to the 5.1 earthquake near Elm Rock yesterday on earthquake.usgs.gov. Um, and so without further ado, I'm going to um, hand it over to Kate Scher, who's going to introduce Mark Benthian. He's our speaker for today. Thanks, Shannon. I guess I didn't fill out the form. I should have done that. Did not feel it. That's important. Um, so welcome, everybody. Today, our speaker is Mark Benthian. Uh, he's the Director of Communications Education and Outreach at SCEC and has a, um, a sort of well-known but interesting path to that position. He has a, a bachelor's in geophysics from UCLA. And I think it was during that time that he was one of the first or uh, SCEC interns that uh, was minted out of that program and then went on to get a master's in public policy from USC. As part of the CEO uh, projects at SCEC, he does really uh, a bunch of stuff. Part of it's in uh, public education and preparedness. So most of us are familiar with the great shakeout and I think it's kind of um, amazing. This is like, you know, uh, it's it's amazing that someone has, has developed something that has the power to have, you know, literally tens of millions of people um, thinking about earthquakes and also uh, physically responding to them by learning how to drop cover and hold on. Um, and then in addition to that, there's a ton of work with uh, the Earthquake Country Alliance, and I think that's uh, part of the focus of his talk today. And then the other component that they do quite a bit of in the CEO is experiential learning, so the internship program uh, and career advancement opportunities through SCAC. So if you haven't ever looked into those, I recommend um, thinking about them and how uh, we might um, learn from them and, uh, and also make sure that we have our interns uh, keyed into those opportunities as well. So I uh, look forward to hearing your talk, uh, Mark, and thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Kate. And Thanks everyone for joining and uh, all you do. And we got to just get my slides going again. Okay. So the uh, title of my talk today is Accessible and Multilingual Earthquake Safety Messaging. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the Earthquake Country Alliance and opportunities for you all as part of it and activities coming up. So we created Earthquake Country Alliance in Southern California back in 2003 in advance of the 10th anniversary of Northridge as many groups were coordinating activities and and, uh, and new resources. And uh, so our partners at USGS and Caltech and Red Cross and many groups came together. Uh, that uh, uh, continued uh, and uh, created new versions of the Putting Down Roots in Earthquake Country booklet and created the Seven Steps to Earthquake Safety at that time. And of course, in 2007, began uh, coordinating with Lucy Jones with the uh, development of what became the ShakeOut scenario 
and we said, how do we create in a way for many people to participate, not just the kind of government uh, first responder exercise that was going to happen, but make that bigger. And so that's when ShakeOut got created. At the time, Mary Lou Zoback was a partner. We worked on some documents for the uh, Bay Area as well together. And uh, the night of that first shakeout, she said, I don't, why don't we join together statewide? Uh, the, of course, the Bay Area Earthquake Alliance had been in existence and had over several names kind of with the uh, Centennial and other activities. And so we, we joined together along with the Redwood Coast uh, Tsunami Work Group. Uh, and more recently now have a Central Coast group. So we have four regional alliances that are uh, coordinated together with, for consistent messaging uh, and regional activities, as well as, as, uh, as you'll see, sector committees too that work together uh, uh, for developing materials. And the funding comes, uh, 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 or some of the funding, a uh, good part, part comes from uh, California Office of Emergency Services. They're getting FEMA NEHRT money that comes to USC and we administer US, uh, the ECA statewide. And if uh, you aren't a member, please go to earthquakecountry.org slash join to uh, get on our email list and know about our activities and resources. So uh, I, I mentioned this is NEHRP supported. Uh, you all know what NEHRP is. Um, Kyle OES likes me to highlight it. Uh, and uh, of course, we also get funding for SCEC and a lot of that supports this work through NSF and USGS. ECA statewide activities include our websites, uh, both in English at earthquakecountry.org and, and in Spanish at terremotos.org. We support uh, Tsunami Preparedness Week, which is last week of March. Uh, it will be March 27th to the 31st in 2023. And we uh, are also supported by Cal OES for a website called tsunamizone.org, which uh, has a California component, but also uh, like ShakeOut, it was, it was very much in the ShakeOut uh, vein. It, it has multiple regions now. We support big activity in the Caribbean each year, as well as uh, other coastal states and, and across the Pacific. Uh, and of course, ShakeOut, uh, we continue to support statewide. SCEC, uh, kind of in my SCEC hat on, we uh, began ex expanding uh, ShakeOut first in uh, uh, 2009 statewide, but then to other states, regions, multi-state regions, and other countries uh, with additional support. So not uh, through Cal OES, uh, but through FEMA nationwide. So we, we coordinate ShakeOut globally now and the websites for all the different regions. Uh, and also have a calendar of webinars and events so you can find it, earthquakecountry.org slash calendar. Uh, we have statewide committees that you might be interested or might know someone who might be interested in participating on to help create content for these groups. Uh, and, uh, and so you can go to earthquakecountry.org slash committees to learn about uh, each of these, they meet every two months, and so it's it's for about an hour, so it's not a huge lift, but you get to provide your subject matter expertise to uh, creating content materials and activities. They all are doing webinars and have conferences and that we attend, uh, so please join us there. Uh, we also have an events bureau and a, uh, a form for requesting 
speakers or info tables at events at earthquakecountry.org slash events. And I want to encourage all of you to use this form. If you get a request from someone, if you don't have a process, this is a really nice way that you can direct people to a form they can fill out, give, give all the details of the event, and even ask them questions they may not be considering, like what are they doing for people with disabilities and and what languages and what what's the audience and, and what type of resources are they really looking for? Uh, and they can specify who they would like to speak so they could put your name in there. And then we have a process of then uh, reviewing everything with them and then sharing that information with you. So it's a really nice way of streamlining that process rather than back and forth emails and really getting kind of uh, the event set up. And so that's available to any speaker or group that if you, not just because you're a ECA member, but if people use that, we will coordinate. I mean, you're our partners, uh, all of you. So uh, we also have other bureaus for the uh, for media coordination and for basically for recruitment of Shakeout and Tsunami Week. So these are kind of like the structure of the Earthquake Country Alliance. Uh, another thing I want to make sure you all are aware of um, before I even mention what's on the screen, uh, coming up on November 9th in Southern California, uh, we're having a, a symposium at uh, the Natural Hazards Expo, which is gonna be at the Anaheim Convention Center, actually the 9th and 10th of November. But on the 9th, we're having a, a full day of, of uh, presentations. Uh, John Rundle from UC Davis is speaking on different types of of forecasting and, and, and earthquake prediction. And we have uh, presentations, a training on the seven steps to earthquake safety, a training on shake alert by Bob DeGroot and Margaret Vinci, and also a presentation on how to secure your space, you know, so things don't fall. Um, and that is on November 9th. And there'll be emails coming out about how to register for that. You can go to naturalhazardsexpo.com, I believe, but uh, you'll you'll uh, you'll you'll see that on our website soon. And then on November 30th, the ECA Bay Area is having uh, its fall workshop, first workshop in person for a long time, um, and that's going to be at SFO in the uh, aircraft or um, aviation museum. There, really nice space. So that's going to be from like 9.30 to 1 on November 30th. And again, that information soon to be organized and posted on the site. We're just finalizing the schedule right now. This fall soon also, we're going to be announcing the 2023 mini awards that we do. And I, uh, I share this with you because you all know people who could apply for this. You could apply for this, for, uh, depending on the, the project that you propose. Uh, this is for doing earthquake mitigation and education. We provide $500 to $1,000 for projects that are uh, uh, proposed. Uh, that uh, And we, we typically have 10 or so in each region. And uh, you might know someone who's at a school or a, a child care facility or a health care facility or, uh, or in a neighborhood organization. Uh, Typically, these are going to nonprofit organizations to do work like securing their furniture and their refrigerators and their equipment and all these things that, of course, are very important to reduce uh, injury and loss during earthquakes. Uh, very popular use of the materials is to purchase uh, booklets for the, the children, like, for example, the Rocket Rules 
documents the activity book as well as the original storybook and we've we've had child care organizations and schools as well as healthcare uh, pediatric clinics get these and have activities and and even uh, uh, cities that do uh, programming at at parks and recreation centers so um, you could uh, soon find out more about that but think about who you might uh, encourage to apply to get the uh, funding to do these activities okay so i mentioned earlier that seven steps to earthquake safety this has been really refined over the last uh, about almost 20 years uh, steps for what to do before during and after and you know we've had these in english and spanish uh, full versions of these for for uh, quite a, quite some time, and uh, and they th those show up in in uh, documents that we have had in multiple languages. The original putting down roots and uh, its Spanish equivalent, uh, the booklet that we worked together on with the California Earthquake Authority and uh, uh, for the for the Bay Area that had uh, one had an English and Spanish version. And Susan, I don't know, if, are you out of these now? I, I wonder if you still have any uh, English and Spanish together and uh, Chinese, Vietnamese, and um, uh, I, th I think it was uh, Korean. Uh, yeah, I, have, uh, I was squinting I here. I have lots. Uh, uh, all together in one booklet. Uh, and then we had uh, more recently the Staying Safe for the Earth Shakes booklets in English and Spanish and Chinese. Uh, and then, of course, we had the Terremotos uh, website, which really is not just for California. It's meant to be kind of like for, for anywhere. Uh, and so we've had limited materials for a while, but really insufficient. And one one other area that we've we've kind of had additional materials is in our our self-protective action guidance uh step five of the seven steps and so we've had uh uh this in english and spanish uh showing what to do in different situations including for people so i'm kind of also talking about our accessibility resources in this talk too not just our translation but uh earthquakecountry.org accessibility has uh this document now in many languages and also other uh, videos uh, and animations and other documents that are now uh, we've had for a while, but now not just in English and Spanish, but in many languages. So, uh, and that I want to point out that um, in, in addition, as uh, all aspect of our accessibility resources are our earthquake safety video series. Uh, if you, uh, it's great for your presentations. You can include these animated GIFs, which are available at shakeout.org slash messaging, as well as the full videos, which are more like a minute. Uh, and you can also uh, view those on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash great shakeout. The uh, each has about a one minute video for users of mobility devices. Uh, we have an eight minute video with something like six or seven different uh, types of devices demonstrated in terms of what to do. And there's uh, another example of kind of the animations that we have available that you could include in presentations or on websites or in social media. It was really great this year to see so many of these resources being used across the country, not only the English versions, but uh, other languages too.
Uh, I should say that the uh, videos have uh, full captioning available and uh, is either in, in different options. Uh, is it burned in, meaning it's always there, which is easiest for if you're at an event or showing it on a web page or in a presentation rather. Uh, it also, it, you know, on YouTube, it, it uh, has the, we have the, the translations available. Okay, so in 2020, uh, through our funding, uh, we there was initially a budget of about $5,500 that we were going to translate three documents into 15 languages, uh, uh, a process there. And we also had additional funding for creating a new seven steps workbook and even fewer languages. But uh, because of COVID and so many things being canceled and, and including travel and other uh, our regional workshops being all online and other aspects, we were able to repurpose uh, significant additional funding uh, to do more uh, and really became a, a major task that year. Uh, that uh, eventually led us to creating or updating 13 documents in, in a, a originally 15 languages. And that also uh, uh, in 21, uh, it was a smaller budget for translation as we had done so much, but we were able to add more funding to do more there too, including adding uh, a different written language, add, adding the, the Chinese simplified. We already had Chinese uh, traditional, which is more kind of uh, what is used for writing in uh, Taiwan and, and uh, Hong Kong and, and Singapore elsewhere, but Chinese Simplified was uh, is more for mainland China. And uh, but in terms of those who live in the in California, uh, we were advised to first do traditional and then uh, we were able to follow up. So we really have 16 uh, versions, uh, 15 languages, 16 written languages, depending on how you look at it. Uh, the process was uh, we needed to, to work with an approved translation company uh, that approved to do work for USC. So we uh, reviewed various uh, contracts with, with different companies and selected one. And the cost to do this work is uh, varies uh, by language. So uh, for example, Chinese is 21 cents and some other languages Arabic and others are 27 cents per word. And this, depending on the number of words, meant we had costs ranging from 600 to uh, $5,800 for multi-page longer documents. And these are the languages that uh, we are, uh, we now have listed here. And the other key aspect that made the process more complicated is making sure all of the accessibility considerations were included through here. So it wasn't just taking existing documents and uh, sending them to the translator, but redesigning those to make sure we have the latest uh, accessibility guidelines included. Uh, that's meant revising colors for proper contrast, making sure everything has sensory fonts, uh, and then also writing alt text for all imagery. Uh, which also must be trans, uh, translated, which meant uh, not many more additional words. And then finally, the documents needed to have the proper read order. So this is all for people with uh, who are blind or low vision and, and use screen reader tools. You don't want to have the document start from the bottom and then skip to the top and then bounce around because the way that somehow 
uh, the uh, document got created, you want to actually make sure that you tap through the document in the right order. So it's that's a, a it's considerable additional work, even to the translation process. Um, once we kind of had those new documents, we then uh, those were reviewed at Cal OES, both by the Seismic Hazards team and also by the Office of Access and Functional Needs, which gave feedback on content as well as uh, accessibility. And then uh, the process basically, once we got the feedback in the final version, it was sent to the translation company and we were working in Adobe InDesign, which uh, was really a good way of, of coordinating between them. We also, it was important that we included a glossary of key terms. Uh, <clears throat> one example of many was we want to make sure that when they translate, they don't translate hold on like, wait a minute. Uh, it really means to grab onto and uh, or even what drop means. It doesn't mean to drop something. It means to drop down onto the ground and uh, we did have issues with people who didn't seem to read the glossary uh, as we uh, and that's why we had a reviewer process at the end too to make sure that that those terms were properly done uh, translated. Uh, the translation company would take all that text, share it with their their contracted native translators and also the alt text we we, we then um, uh, provided as a, a Google sheet that then each column would then be a different language for each bit of text. Uh, their layout artists, fortunately, would uh, help us by putting the, the translations back into the formatted document. Uh, as we don't speak all those languages, we need to make sure that we're not breaking the character spacing or, of course, some of the languages actually read right to left. And so they would coordinate with those translators to make sure that the final version was uh, correct and a word wasn't split right in the middle. Um, you know, for example, uh, language like Chinese or Japanese where we weren't sure how to space that. Then we would actually add in all the alt text and set the correct reading order. And then importantly, even though we had a, a, uh, a professional translation company working with native translators. Um, we we had a review process on top of that where we working with partners who uh, spoke that language, also native speakers. And this is a challenge because one person to another, they're going to translate words and phrases in different ways. So we were trying not to kind of focus on just preference. We were really trying to work on is it may not be perfect, but is it at least it's not wrong, you know, like a completely wrong word or a completely wrong meaning. And we discovered that we got feedback from these our partner reviewers that said even this company we were paying that the results seemed to be translated by Google Translate. I guess it's a, com a computerized translation, which they weren't happy about. And then they had those redone by another translator. So. Fortunately, they do guarantee their work, and this process continues even with some following up with the re reviewers and getting them to update the documents. But it is a uh, uh, apparently a, a, I've talked to others, and this is a process you just really have to do. You have to double check. You have to make sure um, that you're getting good material. Okay, 
So through all that, we end up with the materials that are shown here, uh, a overview sheet of the seven steps to earthquake safety, a document that we had that's also kind of statistics for each of the seven steps, a new guide called your action plan for the seven steps, which is meant for, it's actually a workbook uh, for presentations for, for, with, with uh, spaces for people to fill in aspects of each step. <coughs> We have a worksheet and a, now a document with guidance for how to secure eight different items uh, uh, such as tall furniture and TVs and hanging items and small objects and kitchen cabinets and, and water heaters and refrigerators that kind of are key items that we talk about. And uh, part of the, the emphasis on this type of work is the funding from FEMA being through the the mitigation branch and so non-structural mitigation being a part of that is emphasized. We have protective action guidance, um, not just the the graphic, but a document that kind of steps through with the instructions and also what to do, uh, uh, not just for mobility limitations, but also people who are blind or deaf or other considerations as part of that document. Uh, and we have a full document on many different situations for how to protect yourself. So not just the basic drop cover hold on, but what to do if you're driving in a car uh, or if you're in a high rise or if you're um, outdoors, if you're in bed, if you're in a theater. So all that guidance also now translated into all the different languages. And then a few other documents that we had relative to shakeout in particular, what to do during a um, uh, earthquake if you're in a store, uh, for parents and care providers, uh, general shakeout flyer, uh, guidance for organizations we call countdown to shakeout, uh, and then also uh, hopefully not having to use too much longer, but our guidance for how to uh, uh, adapt shakeout during COVID. And each of these documents is on a central page at earthquakecountry.org languages. Each document has a whole set of uh, PDFs individually, as well as a zip file, uh, so you can download all of them at once uh, and uh, through this interface. But also we have a page for each language so that rather than sending people to this page that's all in English with the guidance, we have a page, for example, here in Japanese where people can uh, be referred to just that link and all the instructions on the page are in both Japanese and English, and that all the documents are just the Japanese versions. So we have that for each of the languages. And uh, I just want to uh, uh, highlight again our accessibility guidance at earthquakecountry.org slash accessibility. Uh, now having uh, all the different language versions, but much more there on that page, uh, including uh, a, a one document we haven't translated because it is uh, uh, eight pages long and will cost about $10,000. Uh, so we're looking at how we simplify that first uh, is a uh, basically the seven steps to full seven steps to earthquake safety for people with disabilities and others with access and functional needs. So that is available in um, English and um, Spanish but is not in the other languages yet. We've had webinars and we have those videos. So all of that you can get through that site. So uh, basic, the two key uh, 
website locations today, earthquakecountry.org slash accessibility and slash languages is where you find everything that I've been sharing. And finally, to connect with us uh, and me, uh, our, uh, of course, the websites also, if you have any questions about uh, 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 any of this or you want to reach out, you want to uh get copies uh, the the easiest way is to print them from the website but if you need larger sets check with me i might have a supply and uh susan garcia and the therapist moffitt has some too uh, uh limited quantities but uh unfortunately along with the translation budget uh we we didn't get a large budget for printing uh with partly at the time with not having in-person events they didn't really feel like like we should be printing a lot of these, but we hopefully will be able to print more and, and provide to groups. Uh, you can also email me at benthian at usc.edu directly. Okay, uh, back to you all, and are there any questions? Thanks so much, Mark. Uh, I have a question to start off. Um, in thinking about this accessibility stuff, you know, there's uh, the, um, I don't know, outreach is tricky, right? Because you never know who, you, who you've reached. So I'm wondering if you have mechanisms in place to um, track who gets this information, you know, it's just, thinking about, um, especially just thinking about the accessibility stuff, for example, there's a ton of um, rehabilitation hospitals and things like that, where you have people that are um, maybe have come out of surgery and that have in more intensive care, so they're not in the hospital anymore, but are there, is that the kind of thing that you um, track or you guys do specific outreach to those um, communities? Because those would be people that maybe didn't consider themselves to have accessibility problems before, but post-surgery do. So I don't know, there's a, there's, you know, you can put a flood of information out, but trying to see who's getting it is just sort of really my broader question. I mean, that's a good example. And, and really, uh, you know, uh, any of us could uh, have what what's called an access or functional need at any moment if you trip and fall and sprain your ankle uh or something right i mean it really is not just for uh some you know for others it can be it's really good information for all of us it's important that we all know what to do in a situation if you're with someone who is um perhaps using a wheelchair you know you don't pull them out of the wheelchair under the table with you I mean, these are these are key uh messaging that we all need to know and, and share and uh, I would say that uh, through our our network and the in the webinars that we've been doing uh, uh, with with groups that in our uh, specifically our accessibility committee uh, reaching out to the type of groups you're talking about and make sure people are aware of the resources tracking is harder to really know who then gets it who then uh, uh, does you know follow up with, with them on that we do have surveys and we do our, our webinars. You know, at events when you're passing things out, it's really hard to to track where that goes. Um, but um, you know, tracking kind of like downloads and materials, those are another way of kind of 
having that uh, feedback. Uh, the we're doing a lot of work. Mentioned the mini awards program. This a, a big new added component of that this year is uh, a, a separate set of funds specifically for independent living centers uh, across the state, so that those facilities are uh, secured. So like the uh, the non-structural mitigation aspects of those, uh, and so along with that will come messaging and information too. Thanks. So if anybody has questions, please, you know, raise your hand or put your camera on. Um, in the meantime, Dave Wald. Hey, Dave. Mark, good to see you. How's it going? I really appreciate this information. Uh, I Sorry, I missed the very beginning. Um, it, you had a list of the kind of top spoken languages in California. You know, for did you feel we have English and Spanish? And I'm just wondering, are there any practical or legal or obligations to to go down that list to a certain level? <laughs> you know, how far do you go and and um, you know diminishing returns or just our federal responsibility? Uh, it, you know, it is a a good question because uh, uh, you know when you look at the percentages of these languages. Uh, I, I, I was looking at it earlier, but I don't have it up. Um, it's, uh, you know, Spanish is something like 30 percent, uh, and then Chinese is around 3 percent, and then lower and lower down to some of these languages being less than 0.5 percent of the, the population. Now, California is big enough that that still could be hundreds of thousands of people. Um, Many of them may also speak English, so uh, you know it, it's not that all of them will need these materials, but maybe uh, older members of the family um, will. And and we do know that our materials are used not just in California, uh, and uh, but even worldwide. So I would say that that kind of legal aspect is unclear. There are you know, California agencies that have requirements. Um, uh, Cal OES has a program called Listos where they have translated into um, these languages also. We kind of compared what different groups have been translating to, uh, and it wasn't all the same. <laughs> they kind of down towards you get to the to some of the languages that are more uh, or less common languages, what they would choose to, to do. And, some include Thai or Lao um, in addition to these or, or in, in exchange. But I don't know what the real overall legal requirement is. I would say that, you know, as has, had been done previously, Chinese is probably a, a next level um, of translation to do at least. Um, the tip, the Chinese, Vietnamese, um, uh, Tagalog, which is Filipino, um, and th these are kind of like the next and Korean. These are the next largest. Um, you know, part of, of course, doing something like did you feel it is making sure that the that the availability of that being in Chinese is known too. And so the 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 the, the promotion of that, the you know, and having documents that are making the awareness of that is it has to be then part of it too. Yeah, I appreciate that because the you know to get to it, you got to go through an English language website. So um, yeah, there's that catch where you can hand out 
documents to the right communities and, and hit them directly. So, yeah, we're, we're trying to do that globally and it, it does have some some challenges, but uh, I think there we have to go in that direction. Thanks. All right, because since you feel is is not just U.S. anymore, right? Right. I mean, right. So, so how how does that? So then, that's a whole other set of, of considerations for languages too. Yep. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. So we have a thank you from Anne Marie. Um, thanks for the great work and presentation to let us know all of the available material. I I am always surprised when I talk to the press that. I, I often send them to, to Earthquake Country Alliance, for example, because it is focused on preparedness. And I, I think it's uh, such a missing part of everyone's really interested in, you know, uh, predictions and did earthquake early warning work or something like that. But it doesn't matter if your refrigerator falls on you, <laughs> if earthquake early warning worked or not. <laughs> you know, like, if you hide next to it and it falls on you, you're, you know, in trouble. So, um, it's, you know, it feels like it's uh, super important and hard to um, be persistent in the in the messaging. So we're important yeah, to be Kate, persistent. You, uh, what you just said made me want to, you know, really let you all know that, you know, um, of course, SCAC and USGS are, are key partners. And, you know, so what we and, 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 and supported by USGS. So what we create here is is um uh very much for you to use and for you to comment on and for you to say hey, what about this and why don't you have that and so we really welcome that feedback uh earthquake country alliance was set up to be a kind of umbrella group for all of us to use materials so um you know i sometimes people will email me is it okay if i use this I'm, yes please take it uh it's really the, the purpose of it all so um you know consider uh, all these materials and uh, as uh, as yours to use and to, to refer people to and to you know as you um, see something want that should be updated feel free to to email us um, we we want it to be uh, the, the best possible and to have your input and uh, we will appreciate it any more hands up i have one final question which is uh one second here um you know a, a lot of times what you get from the general public is uh, so really there's going to be an earthquake <laughs> you know i hear that from you know the, your hairdresser to even newscasters things like that so i'm wondering when people say that to you how you respond uh some version of that like uh you'll often get to is people have been saying there's going to be a big one for so long and it still hasn't happened or or what do you really know and you know and uh well what i always say is that it really can happen even today uh there are so many faults where we are depending on where that is uh that each could have an earthquake today and you have to take action and, and really most of my presentations i'll say something like do something right now like look around is there something above you that if an earthquake were to happen that would fall on you like move it now <laughs> let's look around behind kate there uh i'm all here in the mountains so i'm okay but uh the uh maybe not uh but you know 
encouraging people to think about it not as a one day, not as uh, while we have estimates of you know over the next thirty years probabilities that that really does include today, and and even more recently that um, the idea of the big one is, I, I say that it's what big one, uh, it's there there are big ones and uh, a, a big a, a, if. Northridge was a big one if you were in, in the San Fernando Valley, uh, you know, and so those types of conversations and, and getting them to think about it, you know, not like that one um, event that one day may happen that they have in their mind, but really it's something that can happen any day. Awesome. And I, well, I should add you. in for with, in the context of this presentation, you, you have, you know, people who may need other languages or perhaps have not lived in California that long, along with so many other people who moved to California who, do, who even speak English, but they, they really have uh, perhaps practices that they uh, were taught where, where they're from uh, that aren't appropriate here or that are just different. And so there's there's educating about kind of what our, our guidance is uh, and that how that may differ from what they're used to. So there's lots of conversation about that too. Awesome. Well, thank you, Shanna. Do you have any wrap up comments or? Um, well, I think if we can stop recording at this point. Um, okay. Then well, everyone give a round of applause for Mark. <laughs> thank you. Thanks. Uh, if you want to stay around.